one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Hey, my name is Lindsay Melton Jr., and I'm the pastor here at Truth North Church. Listen, I am so excited that you are tuning in and watching this Christmas Eve morning. Listen, our church, we've been in a series called Advent. Most of y'all are pretty familiar with it, but if you're not, I encourage you definitely go back and look and listen to our podcast um, to catch up. But basically, Advent, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. And we use Advent as a time of the year where we do two things. One, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the story of Advent where it starts uh, in the beginning uh, in the book of Genesis and from the garden experience all the way through Jesus coming into the earth through the, through the Virgin Mary, um, living the, the life that we couldn't live and then going to the cross to pay for our sins and three days later rising from the grave. Hallelujah. That's powerful in itself. Rising from the grave. And then now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. But no, it doesn't just stop there. It actually encourages or it keeps on going through the, the story of Acts and through the church and through the church today and our communities. Amen. So we use this time with Advent to highlight four virtues, hope, peace, which in other words, shalom, joy, and then love. And if you, if you have an Advent wreath, the Advent wreath that consists of four, uh, four candles with, uh, or really five candles, but three purple, one pink, and then the white candle sits in the middle. And each Sunday, each week, we, we light one more candle and we, we, uh, we highlight or we go over a virtue. And, you know, we use Advent as a time to highlight those virtues. But like I said earlier, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ, but also we prepare our hearts and minds for his return. We use this time of the year to prepare our hearts and minds for his return by highlighting or deep diving, as I like to say, those virtues, hope, peace, shalom, joy, and love. But here's the thing. Here's the problem I have with Advent. And I love Advent. I get excited for it. That's why I'm standing up in this video instead of calmly sitting by a fire, you know, uh, sipping eggnog as I open up the word with you. No, I'm standing up because I'm so excited about Advent. But here's my problem I have with it. Most of the time, us Christians, we celebrate Advent right after Thanksgiving, rightfully so. But here's the problem. You know, we, we shouldn't be focusing on Jesus being our hope only one month out of the year. You and I, we should not focus on Jesus being our peace and him making shalom for us and us making shalom for others. We should not only focus on that for one month out of the year. We definitely should not focus on Jesus uh, being the source of our joy, which we talked about last week, is unending satisfaction only found in Jesus. We shouldn't only focus on that one month out of the year. And most importantly, 
We should not only focus on love, agape. We should only focus on that one month out of the year. If you have placed your trust and confidence in Jesus, then guess what? 365 days out of the year, you should be uh, focusing on Jesus being your hope. You should focus on Jesus making shalom for you and you making shalom for uh, the person, each and every person you come in contact with. 365 days out of the year, you should be focusing and remembering and, and meditating on the fact that if you need joy, if you need unending satisfaction, it's found in Jesus, not in an app, not in your best friend, not in a meal, definitely not in an Amazon purchase. Most importantly, 365 days out of the year, you should be focusing on the fact that uh, we live and we exist in agape, which is love. But when I got to thinking about these four virtues, I realized something. And I didn't realize it. The Holy Spirit revealed it to me. These four virtues are actually fruit of the Spirit. Yes. So really, Advent is not just preparing our hearts and minds. It's more of a spiritual fruit dissection. Lindsay, what do you mean by that? I literally mean this time of the year, we dissect the fruit of the spirit to, to, uh, we, we examine or we investigate, we analyze to see, Hey, do I possess these fruit? Do I, do I possess agape? Do I possess, am I walking out in shalom? Am I, do I possess joy, unending satisfaction? Am I satisfied in Christ? Do I possess hope? And if I don't, then, okay, I need to, I need to obtain those things. Amen. Listen, Paul says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. So like I said earlier, the four virtues, hope, shalom, peace, joy, and love, they're fruit of the Spirit. They're part of the, 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 the enormous group of fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to talk about love, if you didn't know that. But today we're talking about love, or like I like to say, agape. That's what it's actually uh, transcribed in the Greek, agape. And agape love is otherworldly. Two reasons agape love is otherworldly. Are you ready? Because of who love is and what love does. Say it with me. Number one, who love is, or who is love. And number two, what love does. All right, so we can find out these answers to these questions in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. It says this, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. So I love that scripture because it tells us who is love. It's God. God is the founder. He's the fountain. He's the commander. He is the, the author and the finisher. He is the one. He is love. He's the embodiment of love. In fact, love is even the sum. It's the sum total of the Old Testament law and the Gospels. Lindsay, what do you mean by that? Think about it. You think about the Ten Commandments, the opposite, uh, uh, you know, if they were to break every commandment, how, how do we obtain these? Love, if, if we're murdering people, if we're not murdering people, if we're not stealing, if we're not coveting, what are we doing? We're loving people. In fact, Jesus even said it in the Gospels when he said, hey, I give you a new commandment. What's that new commandment, Jesus? That new commandment is love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, agape love, which is the love that Jesus uh, exuberates, embodies, 
It's otherworldly. Watch this in verse 9 in that same chapter. John says, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. All right, here we go. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. That means we all become aware of God's love when he sent his son into our world to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Did you get that? Let me run it back for you. John says, this is love. What's love? He said, this is love. The fact that God sent his son into the world to be the sacrifice, a pleasing sacrifice and offering for our sins. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you knew this, but there is a big misconception about love. The big misconception about love is love is Akuna Matata. You know that. All my 90s kids, we know that. Akuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. The big misconception that, uh, uh, the big misconception is that love is Akuna Matata or sunshines and rainbows. Love is uh, leaning back against a palm tree and playing a ukulele and singing Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Okay. First off, I have no problem with any of those things. I can't play the ukulele, but still, I think it's kind of fun, uh, fascinating. Also, I like the song Three Little Birds. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, that's not what love is. No, John said this is love. Sacrificing yourself. I don't know about you, but there's nothing, there's nothing delightful about sacrifice. There's nothing hunky-dory about sacrifice. But it, in fact, John said that this is what God recognizes as love. The fact that he sent his son into our world to live the life that we couldn't to the point that he sacrificed himself at the cross for our sins, for your sins and for my sins. And I love that because that's what we read, that he take away our sins. All right, one more verse in that same chapter. You ready? First John chapter four. Let's read verse 11. John says something very interesting as well. The lifefully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. To quote tag team, whoop, there it is. Did you catch that? If you didn't, let me, let me run it back for you. John literally said that he said, if he loved us, talking about Jesus, talking about God, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. So if you're going to walk in agape love, then you have to love your neighbor. You got to love your coworker. You got to love your boss. You got to love your enemies. Mm, that's a tough one. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about how shalom or peace, it's not just the absence of conflict. No, it's when rivals work together for the benefit of each other. That's what peace looks like. If we are to walk in love, it's the same thing. You're not just, you're not just focused on your own self, but you're focused on the betterment of somebody else, regardless if they're on your side or not. Before you, before you jump in the comments, be like, Lynn, do you, no, you was wrong about this, 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 this. Let me, Paul tells us again what agape or what love really looks like as well. Not just the sacrificing of Jesus, not just the fact that God sent his son into the world to be the pleasing offering and sacrifice for our sins. But Paul says, if you and I, if we're going to walk out love, check out what he says. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 
through eight. He says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its honor. Love is not easily irritated or quit to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving, and it extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Listen. As I close now, because I'm a pastor, I can say I can as I close and then we keep on going. Now, I'm joking. I'm going to do my best not to do that. But as I close, what I hope for you and what I hope for me, what I hope for our church, what I hope for every believer across the globe. We don't we don't return to our old selves once the holidays are over. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, come Christmas time, like it just felt like this magical time. And then when school came, it was like, ah, oh, back to the, you know, back to the uh, same old, same old. I pray that's not your experience this holiday. I pray that whatever God deposits on the inside of you through this Advent season, I pray the, I pray the reawakening of hope and love and joy and peace that he, that he reawakens within your heart and mind. I pray it does not go back to sleep come January 1st. I pray it doesn't go back to sleep. I, I pray it doesn't become dormant the moment you go back to work or the moment you, the moment you start taking the kids back to school, the moment that you get back into your weekly routine. I pray that's not the case. But I pray that your heart becomes good, fertile soil that the seeds that he deposits on the inside of your heart, they take root. I pray that for the rest of your life, you walk in a level of hope that you trust in Jesus, no matter how dark it gets. Don't worry about what the news says. Don't worry about all the notifications. I pray that you walk in a godly level of hope, a godly level of trust in Jesus. No matter how dark things get, no matter how low the valley gets, no matter how bright and sunny the seasons are for you. I pray that you recognize the shalom that Jesus has made for you by sacrificing on the cross. I pray that the peace that he has made for you between you and God, I pray that you, you mirror that for your enemies and your friends. Joy is unending satisfaction only found in Jesus. I pray that the moment that you feel dissatisfied with your life, you don't run to an app. You don't run to a meal. You don't run to a purchase. You don't run to a material thing. Instead, you run to the arms of Jesus where you can find grace and mercy in your time of need. And most importantly, I pray that you walk and operate in this love that's otherworldly. Lindsay, why do you keep saying it's otherworldly? Because in our culture, our culture doesn't teach that love looks like you being second. In our culture, it teaches that, you know, if you love, love yourself, please, you know, take care of yourself. 
You got to love you, boo-boo. But in the kingdom of God, what love looks like is putting others before yourself. Why? Because Jesus put us before him. When he stepped out of heaven, entered the womb of a virgin named Mary, was born on the day that we celebrate tomorrow, around that time for those that are particular, lived the life just like you and me. I, I told my kids, you know, Jesus got colds. Jesus had a, you know, Jesus had a clothy diaper, you know, that had to be changed. Jesus had to eat. Jesus experienced. The Bible says that he was born in extreme poverty. So Jesus knew what it was like to be broke. Jesus knew what it was like to go without. But the Bible says that he sinned not. And guess what? Why did he do that? Because he loved us. Because he loved us. He wanted to bring us back into Perichoresis fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I pray that once the holidays are over, you don't stop loving. You don't stop trusting. You don't stop uh, operating in joy. You don't stop trusting and, and having hope. But I pray that it keeps going like a loop. It keeps going and it keeps growing. Listen, I want to thank you so much for watching this morning. If you were watching it or, or and, and hearing and listening to all that was said, but you're like, Lindsay, I don't know Jesus like that, but I want to. I want, I want him to come into my life and I want him to transform my heart and mind. I want him to save me. And if that's you this morning, that is so awesome. I wish I could come through the screen and hug you, but I can't. But just know that I am leaping on the inside. All right, if that's your desire, I want you to pray this prayer with me, okay? Don't worry about what's going on in the house or, or whatever. If you're driving, please pull over. Okay, you shouldn't have been watching this while you was driving, but if you were, all right, please pull over safely right now. Throw that in park. All right, let's pray this morning, all right? Eyes closed, head bowed. Let's pray this morning. Repeat after me. Dear Father God, right now I repent for I am a sinner. I come before you today with a humble heart. And wanting to surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus Christ was born free of sin. And he carried my sins to a wooden cross. He died on that same cross in my place. And by the power of your spirit he rose three days later in newness of life. And now sits in heaven at your right hand. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I receive your forgiveness. And ask you to take your rightful place in my life. As my savior and as my Lord, come reign in my heart. Fill me with your love and your life. Transform me into your glorious image. Thank you for restoring me, Jesus. In you I live, in you I move, and in you is my entire existence. You are mine and I'm yours forever. Amen. Yo, listen, the Bible talks about that heaven rejoices over just one individual giving their life to Christ. Yo, ah, Lindsay, why are you so excited? Because heaven is partying right now. The fact that you have made that decision to make Jesus or to allow Jesus to come in and be Lord and Savior of your life. Listen, I'm, I'm so stinking happy. All right, I am. Lindsay, you're corny. Whatever. I'm so happy that you made that decision. Listen, go to our website, all right, truenorth731.com. 
message us so we can message you and so we can connect and, and, and send you scriptures and send you prayers and, and be praying with you, stand with you and pray protection spiritually, mentally, physically over you. Because guess what? Yes, uh, the fact that Jesus is now Lord of your life, that is great. But here's the, here's the caveat. It does, there's no sunshine and rainbows starting tomorrow. No. Trials, storms, and tribulations, they still will exist. However, guess what? You will not be alone through them. Nope, not anymore. You're not going to be alone through them. You're going to have the line of Judah in front of you, behind you, and on both sides of you at all times. Surrounding you. Protecting you. I'm so happy. Listen, thank you so much for watching. Everyone that watched this morning. I want to wish you from our church and from our family, Merry Christmas. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.